0: Well, I want to thank everybody for uh, all of your kind thoughts and and comments about our last series called Uphill uh, Habits. Many of you have been reporting back about just some of the changes that you've been able to make and and all the ways that you're growing because of it. And, you know, one of the things about growth, how how many of you, and, and by the way, welcome back to those of you that are here in the room with us. Welcome to you that are watching online. But how many of you want to grow here this year, right? That, that's what that that series was all about. I see lots of hands going up here in the chat there if you go ahead and just type in, do you want to grow this year or not? I, I think all of us do. Here's the next question I want to ask though. How many of you still want to grow if that growth requires massive pain? Let me see a raise a hand. Uh, not a lot of hands going up, I'm sure in the chat there, not a lot of people are going, yeah, count me in, you know, I want pain for my life. And you know, the, the reason for that is we do just about anything we possibly can, don't we, in order to avoid pain. Are you with me on that? That we try to avoid pain as much as we possibly can. I know that's true for my life. I've had a lot of painful things that have happened to me throughout the years. And one of the most recent was back in 2015. It was Lisa and I's 20th wedding anniversary. We decided to go to Costa Rica. And oh man, I I loved it in Costa Rica, but many of you have heard the story while I was down there, I got some sort of waterborne virus or bacteria or something. The doctors actually were never able to figure out exactly what it was, but for about two weeks, I would throw up, and I mean violently, 10, 15, 20 times in a day. Now after like the first day or two, there's nothing left in your body to throw up. But yet when your body wants to throw out, oh my goodness, talk about excruciating pain. And that went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. It was miserable. And so ever since then, anytime I'm in a foreign country, not only do I now drink nothing but filtered water, but I now have a water bottle that I bought that has a filter in it. So I take the filtered water that I bought, I pour it into the filtered bottle and then, so I'm like doubly filtering. Why? Because we don't like pain. We try to avoid it at any, at any possible uh, cost. You with me on that? We, we, we hate it. We hate it. But how many of you know that there's some pains that are much deeper than just physical pain? You know, the uh, the emotional pain of losing a loved one. Or you know, maybe losing your job. How about the the pain of the communication in your marriage breaking down? And you just you, you feel it's just falling apart. Or maybe a, an affair gets revealed and, and you had to get a divorce and it just feels like a, a gut punch to you. Obviously, everything that's been happening over this past year with COVID. A lot of pain, emotional and, and mental, not just the, the physical side of it. Lots of pain happens in our lives. Some of you have felt the, the financial pain of not knowing, how am I going to pay my bills this month? Maybe you got laid off from a job or or you had an unexpected medical emergency that popped up and you're like, I'm I, I just in so much financial pain and hurt right now. I don't know what I'm going to do about it. So here's what I put on your, your outline, and for those of you that are online, if you click in the upper right-hand corner there, there's a little button called Talk Notes. You can get all the notes that I'm going to be talking about. For those of you that are here live with us in the room, you go to our website, Exponential.Church. You'll be able to find the digital uh, notes as well, but here's the first thing I want to say to you, and that is that my wanting to avoid pain is natural. It's just not always beneficial. Again, it's natural. It's just not beneficial, and that's why we're beginning a brand new series today called uh, of finding a, a purpose in the pain. Why? Why? Why do we have pain in our lives? Why is it there? And what I want to do over the next couple of weeks is I, I want to give you, I think, a new framework for how to view pain when it comes your way. And hopefully, this framework is going to be in such a way that you'll learn to actually embrace the pain, not because you like it necessarily, but Because you see that, oh, God has a purpose for this. And if I allow it, it's going to change my life, and I will be able to get that growth that I so desperately want. Now, to to start here today, I want to go back to what I was just talking about, and that is that we do whatever we can to to avoid it, that that's natural to want to do it. Uh, Here's why I say that it's natural for us and why it's not a, a bad thing it's not bad that that you want to avoid it. And it's because that's how Jesus was. Remember, Jesus was God in the flesh. He was fully God, but he is also fully human. And one of Jesus' followers, a guy by the name of of Matthew, he uh, sort of watched everything that that Jesus was doing. He was following him around for three and a half years. And Matthew then later on, he, he writes a biography of Jesus' life. Matthew says that the night before Jesus was crucified, Jesus goes into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And Matthew's there and he he overhears what Jesus does. Look at Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. We read, Jesus bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Jesus wanted to avoid the pain of the cross, but yet he goes on and he prays and he says, but father, Not my will be done, let your will be done. So it's natural to want to avoid the pain. Jesus wanted to avoid the pain, but yet Jesus also knew that his greatest misery, his greatest pain was the only avenue to you and I's greatest blessing. That in his pain, the pain of the crucifixion, that that was going to serve God's purposes and God's plan. And so he says, Father, not my will be done, but let your will be done in this. If this is what it takes for your plan to be accomplished, then let it be so. Let it be so. And I think all of us sort of instinctively, we we know this, that there's purpose behind pain. In fact, if, if I were to invite those of you that are here live, if I, I got a microphone and said, come forward, or for those of you online, if I said, you know what, submit a video into us and tell us about the, the greatest season of growth that you've ever gone through, I think all of us would talk about, you know what, there, there was a season of, of, of real pain, but coming out of that pain, that's where the growth came from. I was I was hurting, but wow, man, I, I really grew through that. Some of you aren't even realizing that your greatest season involved pain until right now. You're going, yeah, you know what? He's right. Out of pain, there was purpose. And so that's what we're going to talk about here over these uh, next couple weeks. It gets right to the the first main point that I want to make, again, if you're taking notes, and that is that growth equals pain. Growth equals pain. You remember when you were what, 10, 12, 14 years old, and your body was really starting to grow, you know, your bones were lengthening and your muscles were getting strength to it, and oftentimes you would have a lot of pain in your legs, what's that called? Yeah, it's called growing pains, we even have a, a name for it, it's growing pains. Your body is, it's its changing, its it's in pain, but yet that's where growth is coming from. And it's gonna be the exact same way with us. That in order to have growth, there's gonna be some pain that comes along with it. And so, if you wanna grow your marriage, if you wanna grow your emotional well being, if you wanna grow your business, or you wanna get rid of a bad habit like we talked about last week, what you gotta realize is that every single amount of growth, every single bit of change, it's gonna require some pain there. Pain is gonna be a part of the process. I'll, I'll prove it to you. Remember back in school, when they were teaching you, you know, algebra the very beginning of it, that you were talking about how if A equals B and B equals C, then A has to equal what? Who remembers? Has to equal C, right? Remember, if A equals B and B equals C, then A has to equal C. Well, let's look at it in the context here of what we're talking about. Growth equals change. Change equals loss loss equals pain therefore growth equals what growth equals pain right i mean let's look at this anytime something is growing it means that it's changing and and oftentimes when when change occurs there's there's loss in that something has to be left behind in order for change to come but we don't like to lose things, do we? We don't like to leave things behind. That's painful to us. So therefore, growth equals pain. Look at it again there. Growth equals change. Change equals loss. Loss equals pain. Therefore, growth equals pain. Now you may not like that, but you got to learn to embrace it. So here's our big thought for the entire series. Uh, I want you to keep just saying this over and over and over again until you get it down, and that is that my growth will be dictated by my ability to push through the pain. Now, don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Because this isn't me saying it. This is God's word that says it. In fact, It's funny how God actually communicated this to us. He communicated this lesson through Jesus' brother, a guy by the name of James. And I've talked a lot about James in the past. I always make the joke, right, of what would it take for you to be convinced that your brother is God? He would have to do what? Rise again from the dead. I mean, that's the only way you would believe that your sibling is really God. And remember, that's what Jesus is doing. He's walking around. He's going, I'm God. You can kill me. I'll come back to life. And I can forgive sin. And James like, No. No. And I want you to think about the the pain of having Jesus as a brother growing up. I mean, think about it. James comes home from school. Mary goes, James, how was your day? James like, Mom, all that hard work finally paid off. I got an A on my test. That's great, James. Jesus, how was your day at school? Well, Mom, you know, the teachers are amazed that I know more than they know talk about a pain. <laughs> or how about this? You know, Joseph comes running and he's like, dad, I know you're into carpentry and stuff, but I'm in the arts too. I, I look at this, this sculpture I made out of the clay of the earth. And Joseph's like, that's really good. Jesus is like, yeah, I made the earth. <laughs> I mean, talk about a pain of a brother. <laughs> And James knew real pain, though, as well. And by the way, I don't think Jesus was like rubbing it in Jesus' face. But we we don't usually think about these things, right? Of what would it be like to grow up with a brother that's God? But James knew real pain. He knew the pain of watching his brother hanging there on a cross. He knew what it was like to, to watch him die as he suffered. Then James was there three days later when Jesus rose again from the dead. And James becomes a believer. In that moment, he says, my brother truly is who he said that he was, that he is God, and he has the power over sin, he has the power over death. And James goes on and he becomes a a leader in the the early church. As the church first gets started, James is one of the the premier leaders. And if you've ever read through the, the book of Acts, we read that that early church had great persecution. The people were not happy about what was happening. The Jewish people they had their religious system. And Jesus came and he wrecked it all basically. And they weren't happy about it. And they kept telling James over and over and over again, "Stop preaching about your brother. Stop preaching about this Jesus. Or we're going to kill you." And they were saying that to everybody They were saying it to everybody. And finally in 62 A.D., about 30 years after Jesus' resurrection, they took James up to the top of the temple and they threw him down to the ground. They thought that was what was going to kill him. James, it didn't kill him. He gets back up to his feet. And so the people on the ground, the religious people there, they picked up stones and start stoning him to death then. One of the priests tried to stop it. One of the priests said, stop, don't you hear? He is actually still praying for you. Even after you threw him off the top of the temple, even though you're still starting, he's actually praying for you right now. Stop, this guy is obviously from God. He's speaking the truth. But it was too late because another person picked up a club, beat James over the head, and with one blow, he died. So James knew what pain was in his life. He knew what it was like to to try to to lead the church through pain and and persecution. And so at one point, he decides to write a a letter of encouragement to him. We call it the the book of James. I would encourage you to read it. It's a very short book of the Bible. But it's so full of hope and encouragement for us. And so he he actually writes this in 48 AD. We'll look at James chapter 1, verse 2, just the beginning part of the verse. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way. Now, I want you to think here for a second. He says, when troubles of any kind come your way, what should you do about it? Whine about it? Complain about it, right? Is that what he's going to write? Grumble about it. Get on Facebook. Tell everybody how miserable your life is, how horrible life is, how terrible life is. Is that what James going to write? Is James going to write, you know what? When trouble comes your way, protest, and boycott, and riot, and cancel. Is that what James is going to write? No. Here's what he writes. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. He's not saying to be joyful in the painful situation itself. What he's saying is, in that situation Find the joy because in there is an opportunity for growth. And he continues on in verse 3 and he says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. What James is talking about here is potential. That behind every single painful thing that you go through is potential. The potential for you to grow, the potential for your endurance to be tested, that you can grow in the midst of it verse 4 so let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed you will be perfect and complete needing what needing nothing you don't need anything james says let it grow own the situation don't let it control you you control it and he says if you do that you will be perfect or some translations say you will be mature he says you'll be complete meaning that you'll have everything that is necessary He says you will lack for absolutely nothing, nothing. So here's my question for you today. What is the great pain that you are facing right now? In your life, what is the great pain that you're facing right here, right now, January of 2021? Whatever it is, have you ever considered that possibly, just possibly, God is actually allowing that to happen in your life because he is setting you up for the greatest season of growth in your life that you've ever had. You ever considered that? That maybe God is allowing this because just as he's done in the past, that he's brought me through those seasons of pain for great growth, that maybe today why I'm going through what I'm going through is because a great season of growth is on its way. Behind every pain, there is a purpose. You know, another great physical pain for me personally, and I've shared this story with you before, but when I was 12 years old, I had a very, very major football injury, an injury that put me in the hospital and traction for a month, and then I was in a full body cast for months after that then. And beyond just the physical pain of that injury, there was other pain that was associated as well the pain of the loss of an entire school year. The pain of knowing that my best friend who I'd had since school had had begun, when you're five years old, I had had, had known him all those years, and we had been best friends, and we were inseparable. But there was the pain of knowing that while I was not there, he was actually making another best friend. You know, when you're 12, you don't necessarily understand that people can have more than one best friend. You don't understand that. And so that was a painful emotional thing to be going through. There was the, the pain and the embarrassment of I, I couldn't move. All I could do is just lay there for months and months and months and months. And, and having nurses, primarily females, when you're 12 years old, having to, to wipe you and, and change your bedpan and, and do all those things. That's painful. There was the, the pain of the, the emotion of realizing not just the, the physical, but the financial burden that I was placing on my parents. There was a lot of pain in that. And then even beyond, you know, being able to start walking again and everything. As the years went on, there was the pain of realizing that my athleticism had been greatly lost. And that loss of the dream of one day ever becoming a professional athlete. Or even if not a professional athlete of even getting a, a scholarship to be able to go off to college to play sports. That was a, a major, major loss for me was coming to that realization. And when I was 16 then, I got a, a summer job. And I thought, you know what, once the summer's done, I'll go back and start playing sports again in the fall. But when the fall rolled around, it, soccer season came, because mom wouldn't let me play football anymore. <laughs> When soccer season came around, I decided, you know, I, I wasn't really that much into soccer anyway. I'll just not not do it. I'm going to keep this job. I really like this job. And so I then, you know, throughout the winter then and everything, continue with the job. And I thought, now when baseball season comes around, I'm quitting the job because baseball is my huge love. Love it, love it, love it. Play it, watch it, you name it. But then when the spring rolled around, I gave up baseball because I loved the job more. But that was still such a painful loss. But guess what else happened right around that time? Because I stayed in that job, guess who I met? I met at my job this girl walking by the outside of the door. Her name was Lisa. And of course, if I never meet Lisa, then I don't meet Jesus. And if I don't meet Jesus, well, I'm not standing here talking to you today. And so as I look back on it now, one of the most physically painful things and emotionally painful things that ever happened in my life actually turned out to be the best thing that ever happened in my life. Now, obviously, the best thing that happened in my life was meeting Jesus, but I don't meet Jesus if it isn't for Lisa, and I don't meet Lisa if it wasn't for going through that painful thing and giving up things which I loved. That brings me to the second point I want to make, and that is pain always has a purpose. In order for God to get me to where he wanted me to be, which is here with you today, and all the other things I've been able to do in ministry for these past 20 plus years. In order to do that, I had to go through a very painful thing, a season of life, and it's going to be the same thing for you. Here's what Paul writes in Romans 8 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now this is one of the most misunderstood scriptures uh, that there are in the in the Bible. Paul isn't saying that all things are good. What Paul is saying is that in all things God can turn it around and use it for good and use it his purposes. That's how God's going to work in your life. But it does come with a little catch. There is a condition to this whole thing, and it's the third point that I want to make to you here today, and that is that I have two choices when it comes to pain. Either I will become bitter or become better. You've heard me say this for years, dozens and dozens of times. You've heard that. Either you're going to become bitter or you're going to become better. The choice is yours. It has to do with you, your perspective, your attitude on the whole thing. You know, all of us have seen people that have been holding on to bitterness. They've allowed something painful in their life just to to destroy them and, the, and to hold them down in some way. And that gets ugly, not just for themselves, but then for the people around them. You've heard me say this as well, that hurt people hurt people. Unfortunately, I saw an example of that just this past week. I said to you earlier that any time things are changing, that there's going to be loss. Change equals loss. And I had this interaction with a guy who was in a sort of a group setting that things are greatly changing for him. And you could just hear the bitterness in his voice as, He started to hurt people. He, in fact, a good friend of mine. He was just lashing out at this person, for no reason at all. But again, as as I'm hearing him talk, you could just hear the bitterness, and I knew the bitterness had to do with the loss, and the loss was because of the change that's going on. We can't be like that. Yes, there's going to be change. Yes, there's going to be loss. But in that, we can't become bitter. I don't care what's going on in your life. Satan wants to put bitterness in your heart because he wants to destroy you and you can't allow it. You know, we're we're coming up on a, a year now of this pandemic. It's so easy that in the, in the midst of the pandemic, for, for bitterness to start to creep in about the whole thing. Why would bitterness be coming? Because, well, I can't see my family members the way I want to see them. Or, or the holidays had to be rearranged or canceled in some way. Maybe in the midst of this, you've actually experienced COVID yourself and you've had that physical pain and maybe you're having some some lingering pain from it. It's easy to get bitter about that. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Easy to get bitter about that as well. Maybe this whole time of quarantine has exposed some some flaws and some weaknesses in your your marriage or in your finances. Maybe even in your faith. It's easy to get bitter. I want you to go back to our big thought for the series. That is, my growth will be dictated by my ability to push through the pain got to push through it. And so as I wrap up today, I want to make two suggestions for you. The first one is this: make sure you're back for every single week of this series. Today was just sort of an overview of sort of where we're going setting up the, the big premise. Next week we'll start to get really practical about, okay, how do you push through the pain? What are the practical tips? What is the biblical wisdom in order to to actually implement and apply what it is that I've been talking about here today? So that's the first thing. The second thing is this. If you have never begun a relationship with Jesus, now is the time to do it. Because His promise is that when you ask for His forgiveness, when you ask for His leadership, when you give Him full control of your life, He will send His Spirit to come live inside of you, to give you His peace. That's the promise. Here's what Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 27. He says, I'm leaving you peace. I'm giving you my peace. I'm not giving you the kind of peace the world tries to give you. So don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Listen, unless you invite Jesus in to be a part of this process of pain, man, it's going to be hard. And as Jesus said, the world tries to give you all kinds of solutions about how to handle it. Jesus says, none of that's going to work. He says, you have got to come to me. Invite me into the process. Invite me into your life. And Again, the way we invite him into our lives is ask for his forgiveness of our sin. Ask him to become the leader of our life. And he says, man, I will send my spirit to live inside of you. And I will give you a peace, which Paul then, writer writes, says that is beyond human comprehension. A peace that is beyond human comprehension. Isn't that what we want? Man, a, a peace that is so deep it's so strong that we can't even comprehend it. How am I peaceful in the midst of this pain? It's all because of Jesus. So Jesus says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you peace. I will give you purpose in the midst of the pain. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to once again gather together live in our our building here, and, and we thank you for the miracle of technology that allows those that are able to to watch online. Father, again, we, we can't thank you enough that you give us just so much wisdom in your word. And there are some rough things that we faced in the past and, and rough things that we're facing even right now. And We feel lost and without a sense of, of purpose and direction and and That bitterness has crept in and the pain is just there. It's always there. We're just, ugh. But Jesus, you give us the solution. And the solution is you. And so Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth, God in the flesh and living a perfect and sinless life and then dying on the cross for the life that we are living. Because we can't be perfect, but you were. And so thank you Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you that you send your spirit to live in us. Lord, I pray that if there's anybody here with us or anybody that's online that doesn't yet have a relationship with you, that Lord, right now, just they would just ask you. Ask you for your forgiveness. Ask you for your leadership. Lord, again, we know that your promise is that when we do that in, in humble submission to you, in faith, that you will send your spirit. Again, your spirit will give us a peace which surpasses all human comprehension. Lord, thank you that you did that for me. July 27, 1993, you gave me that peace. Now, Lord, help me over these next couple weeks to just explain from your word and from even my own experience and the experience of others just how everybody can experience that same kind of peace as well. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you. Again, for the wisdom that's found in your word. Now help us to apply it. To not just be hearers of your word, as James said, but be actual doers of your word. Help us to live it out each and every day of our lives. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.